Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Back here on Oilers Now, 135 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you. We've heard from Wayne Gretzky on the show today, John Shannon, Evan Bouchard, Alan May, and our next guest is the new head coach of the Kamloops Blazers, friend of the show, Serge Lajoie. Serge, well, congrats on the new deal. How are things going? Things are going well, Brendan. A bit of a whirlwind here today, but, uh, you know, this has been in the works for for you know five six days so uh, getting my head wrapped around it and really excited about this opportunity absolutely uh you mentioned it being in the works for a while you were rumored to some other uh, whl teams as well but uh what makes this the the right fit and how did it all come about yeah um i think when i had the opportunity to fly into kamloops and uh meet face to face with uh matt bardsley the new general manager and as well as meet some of the the ownership group and uh, you know some of the people involved in the front office uh, uh, with the Blazers. Uh, the more the day progressed and the conversations uh, that we had, it just uh, um, you know from a philosophical standpoint, a culture standpoint, uh, things that we believed in and how we wanted the team to play and and how we would uh, collaborate to, to enhance the uh, you know the, the culture there and the environment there and really develop player the more we discussed the more it just felt like a really good fit so um, you know definitely a big decision um, from a family standpoint but from a hockey standpoint just a great fit well of course you're a legend there having played what seven games in uh, Kamloops as well I, I was pushing Rob Brown for the scoring title, and uh, they, just didn't, uh, they didn't have room for two top-end guys, so they shipped me out. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> what was the experience like being there as a player, albeit a brief time? Yeah, and I spent half a season there, and it was uh, you know my first uh, junior hockey experience. And, and for whatever reason, I know I wasn't there very long, but uh, had a chance to work with Don Hay. He was an assistant coach. Had a chance to work with Don Moores, uh, as well as uh, an assistant coach capacity. And uh, Ken Hitchcock was a head coach and played with a lot of great players. Uh, Matt Recchi was there, Rob Brown. 
um, you know, Greg Hoggood to, to mention a few. So, um, you know, you always remember your first uh, junior, major junior experience. So I always had a bit of a connection with Kamloops. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you learn a lot, even though it was just half a year. And I think that that helped, uh, helped me through my next couple of years of junior. And then uh, obviously it pushed me towards uh, um, my university career here at the U of A. So yeah, fond memories. Um, and it was nice. I've had a chance to go back to Kamloops a couple of times to be involved with the coaching conference in July and love the area and always said uh, you know if there was an opportunity to, to coach a major junior uh, Kamloops would be a destination of choice and uh, you know and uh, great to have this opportunity present itself. Well you did mention uh, Don Hay there of course a longtime WHL head coach recently announced his uh, retirement from coaching but uh, some big shoes to fill in terms of him uh, as a head coach uh, Serge but also I'm sure he leaves behind uh, a foundation uh, that you got you can sort of uh, grow into as a head coach here at the WHL level. Yeah and absolutely and uh, and when I mentioned that I'd uh, gone back to Kamloops a couple times to be involved in a coaching conference, reconnected with Don and, and uh, you know, the brief conversations we, we had, I know that, you know, a coach that values hard work and uh, and details and, uh, and habits. So um, I know that there's a strong foundation that he's established there. Um, and uh, he remains on with the Blazers in a consulting role and, and I've uh, I've been brought up as a coach to, to surround yourself with good people and use the resources around you. And I'm not going to hesitate to to lean on on Don to have some conversations and and just help uh, have him help me just get, get my bearings and, and transition into my new position. So um, you know, by I look at the Blazers organization, it's it's rich in tradition. It's a, it's a a program of excellence. It had so many great players come through that program, uh, as well as as coaches. So uh, I'd be remiss not to uh, to reach out to Don and and uh, use his expertise. Chatting with Serge Lejoie, the new head coach of the uh, Kamloops Blazers, coming off a uh, national title with the U of A Golden Bears as well. So, Serge, you've coached uh, at Nate, you've coached at uh, the U of A, you've coached uh, at a lot of different levels, but the WHL level. The kids are a little bit younger, I guess. I mean, you're still coaching kids at the U of A, but, uh, of course, these are teenagers, most of them anyways. There are a few 20-year-olds sprinkled out uh, throughout the rosters as well. But when it comes to coaching uh, these young kids, what's uh, your uh, having played there, I'm sure it helps, having played at the level, but what would be your message uh, as a coach to try to develop these uh, younger kids? Well, that's the operative word is development and you're not only developing on the ace but also off the ace and uh, you know you act as uh, as a mentor and uh, and a guidance uh, counselor so to speak in so many aspects uh, you know uh, i've seen both uh, both extremes uh, i've worked with a group of o3s for the last five years in spring hockey and some high-end guys like dylan gunther um, you know, Sean Chagall, uh, Matt Savoy, who's, you know, not an 03, but an 04, and, uh, Zach Estopchuk. These are guys that, uh, you know, the 03s were drafted this year in the first round, and my son Mark, uh, you know, being drafted by Tri City. So I, I learned a lot working with those players. Um, so I get a sense of, of how communication is very important. Uh, they're very curious. Uh, they're very knowledgeable. They ask a lot of questions and they're not being defiant. They just want to make sure they understand exactly why you're asking them to do what they, what needs to be done and uh, we didn't focus only and solely on 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 ice development we wanted to make sure that uh, off ice they were prepared in terms of uh, you know having a professional attitude and behavior uh, in every uh, every environment with those young 15 year olds so 
And on the other end, I've seen, uh, you know, the, the WHL players, the graduating over ages that come to our program at the U of A. And, and there's still some areas that they need to continue to develop. And we've had the same approach. It's, it's a holistic development of on ice, off ice. And you create the culture, you create the environment, you create expectations, and, and you, you create a lot of accountability and personal responsibility for development uh, from a player standpoint. And I'm going to use, uh, my, you know, my experience at, uh, at both extremes. At the, the the early stages and the late stages, uh, you know, of, of development, and, and apply that to the WHL environment, and uh, that to me it was it was a point that uh, that was very clear with Matt uh, Bardsley and uh, what he wanted to create at, uh, in Kamloops, and something I was very excited about. We talked a lot about culture, about core values, about development, about communication, and uh, getting the best out of these players and. Uh, uh, I anticipate that uh, I'll use my experience at the U of A uh, and my experience uh, coaching the 14, 15-year-olds and apply that to, to the Blazers. Well, yeah, it's interesting. And also, um, having coached at the U of A, of course, all these kids want to get to the NHL, but you can also help spread the message that, hey, there is good hockey to be played uh, at the CIS level or at Nate as well. So uh, building relationships with uh, the kids, I'm sure, is a key for you as well. Oh, it is the most important thing. Building relationships. It's about sharing and caring. It's, uh, you know, you can ask them uh, to, to do certain things or you can push them out of their comfort zone, but only once you've established that relationship and they know you, you're coming from a position of caring and that uh, you, you care about their development both on and off the ice. Uh, I think that's, that's the most important thing. Tell us about the team uh, heading into next season, Serge. Uh, out of the playoffs last year, um, what's uh, the team look like that you know about so far? I'm sure you're still uh, learning more about uh, the roster and what uh, maybe the offseason will look like as well. But uh, what can you tell us about the Blazers as far as you know for next season? Yeah, and, uh, I've had a chance to discuss this with uh, Matt Bardsley and uh He's, uh, you know, what I knew of the team and then, um, you know, his assessment of, uh, of our depth and of our prospects, uh, it's very encouraging. I think we have right now in place three overage players that uh, will, will play a, a strong leadership role in, in, uh, in establishing a strong environment and a strong culture and, and live in those values that are so important on a daily basis with uh, Jermaine Lowen and Luke Smith up front. I've heard nothing but great things about those two players in terms of uh, being good role models for the younger players uh, and our goaltender Dylan uh, Ferguson um, with we're anticipating he'll be back and how important it is to have a good goaltender you show me any strong coach and they have great goaltending to uh, you know behind them so uh, we're excited about that uh, we have a strong core of 18 year olds uh, you know, and some 17-year-olds coming in to to push for some ice time, but uh, there's some speed there to work with with Santazo and Zari. A young Pilar is going to come in, um, you know, and, and Shepard, uh, another 17-year-old that's coming in, so um, or 18-year-old. So, you know, up front uh, bodes well. There's going to be some depth. I think uh, getting my head wrapped around it, uh, there's that opportunity to play. Uh, a fast game, just like every other team wants to play, uh, that fast-paced game, north-south, and quick transition game, but and hunting pucks and the relentless kind of pursuit of pucks, so that's that's encouraging. Uh, but uh, I think yeah, I'm very excited, uh, maybe uh, even more excited about our, our decor. We could legitimately have four defensemen uh, that 
um, you know, who would be top four on any team. And Zazula, Neil, Neen, uh, Onibushi, and, and Harrison potentially are strange. And a young kid coming in, 17-year-old Schmeeman, who played Notre Dame uh, Hounds and won a TELUS Cup. So, you know, what I'm looking through, uh, through our roster, and it's encouraging. We're still, uh, Thursday, we have a chance to bring on board two import players, a Ford and a D that could change the dynamics of our team. And um, again, uh, looking at this and, and excited to, 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 for the potential of this team and obviously get to know these players and their strengths and weaknesses and they'll have a better idea of, of how, to, uh, how to adjust how we want to play based on uh, the personnel we have. Well, that's awesome stuff, Serge. Uh, we wish you the best of luck, except when you play the Oil Kings. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, and uh, always appreciated the opportunity you've given me uh, on our Oilers now to come in and you know share what we're doing at the U of A, and again this opportunity to uh, yeah, showcase my opportunity here in Kamloops. So thanks again, Brennan, and uh, I hope we stay in touch over the course of the next little while. Absolutely. See you soon. Take care. That is Serge the Joie formerly the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, coming off a national championship, now the head coach of the Kamloops Blazers. It's 146 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. Reed Wilkins is going to uh, pop in and recap the NHL draft from Dallas. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Eskimos as well. It wasn't pretty over the weekend. That and more after a quick timeout here on Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. 148 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich with you here on Oilers Now. We'll get to uh, this day in Oilers history. Then we'll bring aboard Reed Wilkins, who was at the NHL draft in Dallas over the weekend. We go back to 2010, but first I should tell you that Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018, New West Travel has some great rates on these fabulous cruises. Reed, what happened in uh, 2010, June 25th? At the draft. Uh, was that Hall? Yeah, Taylor Hall. That was Taylor Hall first overall, yes. Hey, I remembered. It was an exciting day for Oilers fans at the time. Sort of uh, a light at the end of the tunnel when they were awarded Taylor Hall. Well, I guess not awarded. They, of course, were lost that year. Well, they had to... Well, they did win the draft lottery. Yes. They held the, they held they held the last over... What, was, what were the odds back then? It was 50% to keep it, right? Yeah. Because in the next year, they did not win the draft lottery. But New Jersey could only move up. What, what did they move up? Five spots, and of course they took Adam Larson, yes. fourth overall. So the Absolutely. Oilers did not actually win the draft lottery in 2011. They retained the pick, different rules, and then in 2012 they uh, won the draft lottery, moved up from second to first to take Nelly Akapov, and then obviously they won the draft lottery in 2015. And then the rules changed. <laughs> well. For the better, I would, I would, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's a little more, uh, a little more suspense 
picking three, and it gives the teams that did a little better maybe a chance to still get. I mean, Carolina, good for yeah. them to move up this year. Well, we all thought they were going to be a playoff team at the start of the season last year, and now they have. Sh- well, they look so. pretty solid, but again, yeah. you know what happened? Darling didn't pan yeah. out in goal, and uh, yeah, clearly uh, some guys. You know, well, Bill Peters was there four years, pretty good run. Yeah. Now they have a bunch of Calgary Flames on their roster. That was well. an interesting trade, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best player in the deal is Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, hands down. Who still is, you could argue, not in the prime of his career, right? I mean, he's he's still mid twenties. A lot of defensemen really blossom in their late 20s. So he goes to Carolina. Now, uh, Lindholm is, a, I guess you'd say, a pretty solid player, maybe inconsistent. He has some big games, and he has some games where he's not so good. And then Hannafin. Now, now Calgary's getting, he's got a lot of time ahead of him, but he's, he's only 21, and he's already played, 200, I think, 250, 260 games. So he could still get much better. You know, I think Dougie Hamilton could get a little bit better at best. Uh, Hannafin could theoretically get a lot better, depending on he develop, how he develops. And then Furland, Trey Living said it in, that, in one of his interviews, he likes Furland a lot, mm-hmm. but probably losing him after next season because he's a UFA. And I suppose the risk for Carolina is can he repeat what he did this past season with the Flames? Well, yeah, that's he, a guy you'd never... probably overpay for to keep him, and then he... Might not pan out yeah. long term on a contract. It, I like it, him too. It, interesting trade. I mean, clearly the biggest trade of the weekend. I know there was the Grubauer Orpic one, but not not of the magnitude of this one. I mean, Carlson didn't uh, didn't go anywhere. Patriotti didn't go anywhere. So there, there were no really big trades to talk about until uh, Calgary and Carolina hooked up. And that, that's an interesting one too because you know Bill Peters would have had some influence in who he's yeah. getting from Carolina. He's not going to leave that organization and then trade for two guys he didn't enjoy coaching. So that's kind of a vote of confidence for them already from the coach. The, the Dougie Hamilton discussions are, are interesting ones. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know we talked about it last week. Certainly when I got to the draft, I got the impression pretty quickly that Dougie Hamilton was not going to be a flame by the end of the draft on Saturday. And that there was some kind of you know, breakdown between him and the organization, just in terms of communication or or trust or just flat out liking each other. So that something had broken down there. Um, you know, the stories about him being maybe a little bit of a different guy or whatever. I mean, okay, who knows? But a lot of guys are different, right? I mean, I guess it depends how you, how you pull it off and, and how far you're pushing the envelope if you're if you're not involved in, in team sort of stuff. But I but I think you know that could be a trade that helps both teams ultimately. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see who wins it in the long run, I think. But yeah, it's interesting with Hamilton. I mean, it was a new coaching staff coming in as well, so you, you sort of wonder why they couldn't work it out. But uh, instead, he moves on, and uh, we'll see how that one plays out in the long run. What we do know, Reed, is uh, other fans are pretty happy today, judging by the text lines, so expect some happy campers on the program tonight inside sports. But uh, give us your assessment on the Oilers draft. It seems like, well, at least in the first two rounds, they did a pretty good job in getting some players that they likely didn't expect to get. I think that's a fair assessment. I I think in all well, they moved up obviously to get Rodrigue because I, I think they started to feel okay. A goalie is going to go pretty soon, so we better jump ahead of some other teams. And once Rodrigue was drafted, two other goalies went in the next nine picks before the Oilers would have had the slot at seventy-one. So I think they timed that well. I was very surprised Bouchard, Dobson, and Wallstrom were all available to the Oilers at number ten. I thought at best, at best, one would be available. And they take that guy. But all the discussion we had about uh, Ty Smith or Boquist or um, 
or Barrett Hayton was not did turn out to be relevant because Hayton got taken fifth. And uh, Boquist, what, so was it uh, eighth to the Blackhawks? So, and then Smith wound up dropping down to 17. So I, I think they were thrilled to get Bouchard. I think they, I mean, from everything Peter Shirelli said, they had him rated higher than number 10. And he did kind of say at one point we considered moving up. And I think that was the guy that they would have, if they would have moved up, that's who they would have taken. But as Shirelli said, they kind of played the odds and remembered how some other drafts went and took him. So I, I think they were thrilled to get him. Uh, I mean, look, I said this the other day, and I know he's younger than some other guys, but in my mind, he immediately becomes the Oilers' best prospect on defense. And nothing against Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear, and Ethan Bear got in some NHL games. But, you know, Dobson's ahead of where Bear was in Bear's draft year. And I know he's a little older and all that kind of stuff. But, I, I you know, I know Bob was saying after, after the draft that, well, you know, Bouchard probably goes to Europe, and I don't know about that. I don't know how deep into the preseason he stays. We'll we'll see, but but yeah, I think he's got a shot to be an Oiler here in the next couple of years for sure. Uh, McLeod again, a guy who is most in most projections was supposed to go higher. And he can skate, and that, that's never going to go away. He'll need to work on you know taking the puck to the net and finishing some plays, though he still did have a point of game in the OHL this past season, so I think they were happy to get the speed. And then Rodrigue's an interesting case. Uh, first goalie taken in the draft. He was the highest-rated North American goaltender, and he's the, the son of goaltending consultant Sylvain Rodrigue. You know, he'll fill out a little bit, but he's pretty quick, good positionally. He's been playing the position since he was six when he went to one of his dad's goaltending camps and decided he would he would stick with it after a week of doing it. So I think they, they got some good prospects there. Um, you know, they've been starving for D. They've been starving for speed. And by the time McLeod, if and when he plays, the league will have probably gotten any faster, but his even faster, but his speed doesn't go away. And then, and then I, I like what they've done building up some co- internal competition with the goaltending position yeah. for, for a next wave of guys, uh, you know, the next generation after, after Talbot. So, yeah, I mean, I think you got to be pretty happy with the first round. The, six, round six and seven, I mean, who yeah. knows? We'll see. Well, I think it's safe to say one of Skinner or Rodriguez will be the Oilers' goaltender of the future. Before, we were all saying, okay, maybe it's Skinner, but I think one of those two, there's a good shot at least one of them pans out. So I think good, that's fair. Yeah, Skinner's coming off a great season in the dump. Yeah, so that's where we're at with that. And I couldn't believe that those three were available, too. I was driving to the Eskimo game, Reed, as it was all... You know, I heard the uh, Boquist pick. I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, who are the <laughs> I was yeah. sprinted into the stadium to hear the pick. I couldn't believe it. And I was wondering who they were going to take. And, of course, it was uh, Bouchard. So we'll see how that uh, pans out moving forward. Speaking of the Eskimos, I'm sure you'll be talking about uh, that mess over the weekend on your show tonight. Yeah, Blake Dermott's going to be on the show tonight at 6.30. And Jason Moss is in studio with Morley Scott uh, from 7.30 to 8 for the weekly Eskimos Coaches Show. Pat Steinberg out of the Flames Radio Network. We'll talk about uh, their their weekend and, uh, and the trade. And we'll have a little bit more on uh, the draft. You'll learn more about Bouchard and McLeod. I heard Pat on 630 Chat as well over the weekend. Great broadcaster. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, the Monday edition of Oilers Now. Tomorrow on the program, Stoffer and Spectre for Horse Racing Alberta. The afternoon news with Jayla Nye and Andrew Gross is up next. But first, Eileen Bell has your 2 o'clock news update. Offer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.